gritty culture and class in America. Live from Long Island's Gold Coast, this is the Melissa Itell Duran Show on Breaking It Down Radio with co-host Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Melissa Itell Duran Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the wife, the mother, the author, the novelist, the educator, the dancer, uh, there's so many things. The, the owner of Melissa Vision. And uh, one day, one day Melissa Vision could be a huge, huge thing. Uh, get in on the ground floor. Uh, if you have Roku, if you have Amazon Fire, uh, go to uh, Melissa Vision. And uh, it's a Roku channel. And, and it, it's, it, I'm down yet. Just one day. It's a work in progress. One day people are going to be attracted to it. And who knows where it goes from here. Um, Frank McKay here with our host each and every week, Melissa Itell-Jura. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing great, Frank, and happy Thanksgiving and uh, a happy start to to, the, to Black Friday and the rest of the holiday season to everyone who listens with us. Yeah, no doubt about it, and be careful out there. I remember we used to talk about Black Friday, and it was a deadly experience for some people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I shouldn't laugh, but it was a, a, a hazardous. <laughs> True. It's, True. It, it's better now, I think, because of the Internet and because of the emergence of of Amazon and everything else, because everything's online. Um, you know, you don't, you don't see the craziness or hear the craziness uh, like we used to. Am I wrong about that? Um, I guess to an extent, yeah, you do have a lot of uh, cyber shopping, uh, you know, Amazon. I mean, you know, people who who watch Amazon deals for a living and they disseminate that information to you know all who who, who can read you know can read about it online. So yes, I think that the online experience has definitely um, taken uh, taken a dent out of the whole Black Friday, uh, you know. Uh, debacle because people did you know get up at five in the morning three in the morning and wait outside i think now some of the stores open you know uh early evening or later in the evening and you can get many of these so-called deals um online they they do offer you know black friday incentives uh you know and and they advertise and they prove they 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 promote them days ahead of time so it's 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 somewhat better, um, but the, you know the thing is to know uh, when, what's your limit. What are you, what are you actually buying? That's that that uh, is desirable, and that really is truly a, a so-called bargain. And what should you ignore? What what what's worth waiting for? You know, certain certain items like electronics, clothes, um, may be more favorable to, to buy right now than let's say I don't know. Um, a, a, a a car. I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. some there are there, although there are incentives out there for trading in your car. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. No. No. Uh, no doubt uh, about it. I mean, all of these things are, are changing. What What's hitting me as much as anything lately is is how we are a fluid society, and what I mean by that is that c- constantly changing. Uh, we have constant changes ahead of us and it's uh, and be uh, behind us and we're in the midst of a historic change that's going on for you know these 20 30 years really since the internet came and uh, you know this group of things happened all within this 30 year period Let, let's call it a 30 year period uh, we're talking the emergence of the the internet which is really 95 96 i think i got my my first email address it was on uh on um 
uh, what was it called? Web AOL? TV. No, no you, remember, TV. you remember Web TV? For $200, <laughs> you can get this contraction, uh, contraption. Uh-huh. And uh, you you put it on your uh, put it on your TV instead of watching TV you could watch the internet and you needed an email address and it was uh, uh, at webtv.com yeah I wonder if my web t- <laughs> webtv.com uh, uh, Frank McKay at webtv.com is still around do they still have webtv I don't even know but anyway no I, even- oh, I don't know it was a big deal and if you go from there. Then you got 9-11, which changed a, a lot, a, a lot about traveling, a lot about homeland security things. And then um, the emergence, the, the serious emergence of, of the Internet and everything that came from it, the social media, the, the one-day stories, the, uh, the two-second stories, all of that. And then, of course, the pandemic a couple of years ago. If you look back on these 30 years, it, we've been in a rapid uh, change mode. And, and it's it's unbelievable what's happened. And even Black Friday, between when we first started talking about uh, Black Friday five years ago, and now uh, it, it's so much different. I mean, uh, things are so much different. We used to talk about, hey, put your helmets on, you know, get your your, your padded uh, elbows on, and and get ready to get into a fight or whatever. It's really not like that. I and again, I'm not saying it's not anywhere, uh, but yeah. we don't hear about it, and people wouldn't get the joke because of online shopping and what came through uh, with the Internet. Uh, and before you respond, let me remind people, MelissaItellJuren.com is where to go watch the two documentaries or Melissa Vision on Roku. Go there and uh, binge listen also to uh, to all the things that we've done and cherry pick and so forth. But, Melissa, uh, respond to that, if you will. I mean, we're we're really in a fluid-type situation and when you look back historically, these 30 years or so, maybe it's maybe it'll just it'll latch on to, uh, you know, a couple of more decades even. But at this point, these 30 years are going to go down as rapid change. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, we've come a long way since, uh, you know, the the first email addresses and the first, uh, you know, the, the, the first dot com you know, um, companies. And, and now it's it's I think it's just moving at a a a, 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 a blinding pace. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And I think look, I think really for the better. And I know people are gonna uh, gonna argue with that, but it, progress is what it is. Uh, our phones are very uh, are very important to us. Mine is. I live off of my phone. Um, mm-hmm. But me one too. one thing I gotta say is my accountant. Right, my accountant said to me, you know. I, I, I told you five years ago to get put 20000 into Apple. And uh, if you did, with all the splits and everything, if you reinvested, he said it, it'd be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars right now. He said, I'm going to tell you again, put money into Apple, into Apple stock. Mm-hmm. And he said, he pointed out my phone. He said, you see that thing? If if they put, put out a new one, say, hey, we just put out a new one, um, and it's coming out tomorrow, and it's going to be $2,000. There'll be a line around the block um, for people to get it, to get the new phone. Uh, he said everybody's living off of their Apple product there. And he said, and there's no uh, and there's no end in sight. And then something I didn't know and he didn't bring up, but Warren Buffett, maybe the world's greatest investor, history's greatest investor, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, 39% of their stock is um, – is is apple based their, their portfolio 39% is apple stock i i mean just amazing 
Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, well, as long as you're not doing, uh, you're not doing the, the crypto uh, thing, right? Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never bought it. I just, I, I just thought it was going to be a bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially now, this is also this. This has so many Bernie Madoff, um, you know, uh, shades. Uh, it's it, it's incredible the similarities, the parallels. Yeah. Uh, people at the top made it. You know, I know people who mm-hmm. uh, who became billionaires off of it. Brock Pierce won, and I don't know if he still is, but he bought a uh, a Learjet uh, off of mm-hmm. it, and he bought a uh, he bought an ocean liner, you know, a, um, a, a cruise line uh, mm-hmm. off of it. You know, he did very well for a former child actor, right? Um, oh. mm-hmm. But uh, listen, he did very well. But the the point is that we're in this we're in this mode. At this point in uh, in our history and in, in our lives, we're in this mode where um, there's no there's no going back. It's not like we're going to be, you know, we're going to be banging two rocks together trying to figure out how to make fire uh, anytime soon. I mean, we're we're in a completely different mode, and I I don't know what's what's I, I don't even know what to predict in the next ten years, even in the next five years. I don't know what to predict. Are you looking? Uh, I, you know that far in advance or are you kind of taking it day by day and and the thing is it's it's almost impossible to look too far in the advance in in the future because we don't know what tomorrow brings that's true that's true and and the markets can be quite volatile i think right now people are just they're they're looking ahead but they're also keeping an eye on on where we are where the world is uh, especially with the the, the inflation the, and and the supposed uh, the, the supposed coming of the recession, and they're they're keeping an eye on just how aggressive or or conservative they have to be according to their age. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, uh, how other uh, uh, crypto uh, investors are doing. I I know that um, our uh, the mayor, well, mayor of New York City, Adam, uh, Eric Adams, was extolling their virtues when he. When he won re, when won election for the first time and wanted to be paid in cryptos. Now, is he wow. saying the same thing? <laughs> yeah, I hope uh, you know. I'll pay him in crypto. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give him crypto, and I'll say, "Listen, assume, Your Honor, that this is going to go up a hundredfold. Just assume." So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a million dollars, but right now it's only ten dollars. So you know, assume it's going to blow up the way it is. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, and this is just. This is just last November. This is a year ago that he got elected. He just finished. He just finished a, a year after the election, and right. uh, yeah, I don't think he's gonna he's gonna want to be paid in crypto now, right? I don't think so. Uh, or let, unless he's been keeping quiet about it, because yeah. <laughs> now it looks kind of embarrassing. <laughs> he just wants crypto. He's it's the way of the future. You know, he's the he's the uh, the the it mayor. He's the uh, you know he's. He's with it. He's he's the trendy mayor. He's the partying mayor. He's the the best dressed mayor in in in, in the in, in the country, and he wants to be where the action is. So of course, it only makes sense that he wants to be paid in crypto. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, uh listen, I, I I've always liked Eric. I knew him as a senator, 
And, uh, I, you know, I always liked Eric. I, now he's the mayor, right? He used to be Senator Adams. Um, but I'll tell you one thing is uh, is the, the job changes you. And he's changing because of uh, the job. He's uh, He's got a lot. And I know we were talking about a whole different subject, but Eric Adams um, is a much different ad- Eric. And I'm not saying for the better or worse, but he seems like he's getting a little you know, a little caught up with the spotlight and, and a lot of people, you know, point to the uh, the jackets, the flamboyant clothes and everything like he, he wasn't like that when I uh, when I originally met him. He was uh, he was pretty it was like a conservative soul type. And, and mm-hmm. now he's a little bit of a rock star, you know, and yes, and, he is. Yeah. And he was more. Yes, he was more conservative. And, uh, and, and, and at one time he actually voted for Giuliani wow. back when he was a police captain. Yeah, he endorsed Giuliani, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, way way back then, right? Uh, yeah. Look, uh, Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Melissa I tell and Melissa Vision places to watch the two documentaries on Melissa. She's the author of several books and uh, and so much more on the way from Melissa. Uh, she's leaving a, a tremendous f- footprint and fingerprint on this world, and so much more to come. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Melissa Itell Juren is our host each and every week. Uh, uh, Melissa, uh, getting back to Eric Adams for a second, you know he's mm-hmm. um, he's he's a modern mayor in, in the sense, right? And uh, you know, I, I, De Blasio, we just couldn't look past um, all of his nonsense, you know, all of his you know ridiculousness, his fights with the cops and 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 everything, and and also let's face it, him destroying the city. I mean, De Blasio. Uh, took the city from where Bloomberg for 12 years and Giuliani for eight years, 20 years of pretty well-managed New York City. It was a very nice city for for 20 years. Um, de Blasio took it down into the uh, Oh, yeah, and he he did that at lightning bolt speed, by the way. Yeah, immediately. It it was like as soon as he got on, it was like he stopped, uh, stopped, stopped, and frisked. Uh, and, and I think that was kind of the beginning of things. And again, not that I think, you know, people should be harassed for the color of their skin or, or for the jackets they wear or the sneakers. they You know, uh, I, I don't I'm not in favor of profiling, but we have to trust our law enforcement that um, that they're going to know if something's going on and they should be able to uh, stop somebody if they think it's uh, suspicious. But uh, do you agree that stop and frisk? Was uh, was one of the things that was uh, kind of started De Blasio on on a really bad path. Well, it it, it was a controversial practice, and, and uh, the prior administration of, of the of Mayor Bloomberg uh, definitely espoused it, and it, it did attract a lot of it, uh, negative attention. And uh, it just seems that that everything De Blasio did was was to I guess uh, uproot whatever his predecessors did, and 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 form a, a very strange vision of New York, of New York City, one that was more akin to the 1970s, and that led us to where we are today. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know you could say that that stop and frisk uh, seemed to be a, a more racial profiling technique, um, but it, it, you know, it did help with the, you know, with, with the, the, the uh, crime tactics, the crime prevention, the crime um, uh, curbing uh, tactics. Um, but the city was was more habitable before, and he—I don't know—in his his 
a, I don't know if it was an ultra-liberal or, or, or a retroactive, a reactionary liberal vision or, or demented liberal vision. He just, I don't know, he just didn't care. He just left the, the, he just left the, the, the city in, in, in ruins. And now it's, it's, I don't know, is it beyond repair at this point? It seems that way. Yeah, I, I'm an optimist. I hope things uh, are getting better. I mean, they can't get, you know, I guess maybe they could get worse. You know, it could be like a, an escape from New York type thing. You remember that movie where it was just... Oh, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> New York was just... Like, yeah, it, it's, I, you know, you, you can't... It's yeah, well, so it's your own risk. Right. <laughs> well, let me uh, again remind folks, uh, MelissaItellJoran.com and Melissa Vision is is where to go. Frank McKay here with Melissa I Tell Joran. Um, again, getting back to predicting the future, we don't know what the, the future of New York City will be. I'm an optimist. I hope things will, will get better. The fact that he's not anti-law enforcement, I think, is a step in the, in, in the right direction. And, you know, if, if we can, you know, turn back the clock, you know, nine years, you know, to where Bloomberg left it, uh, it was it, it was a good city. I mean, it was a uh, you know it was a clean city. It was everything else, but somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, and De Blasio was part of that. The the very left wing cities became I don't know is it woke is that what did it you know um, mm -hmm. when when all woke wokeness uh, arose. Yeah, so where wokeness went to live, as opposed to Florida, where woke come to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. You got oh, I love it. I could just, I could just see all the signs, all the, all the, all the traffic signs, all the road signs as you enter the state of Florida. Welcome to Florida, where woke comes to die, home of the future president of the United States, Governor Ron DeSantis, yeah. 2024 or bust. <laughs> I'm waiting to see the license plate. We were joking about that. You know, instead of the Sunshine State, it'll say where woke goes to die. And, yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, it it's a great bumper sticker. It should be on their license plate. <laughs> Not the Sunshine State where woke goes to die. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's I, you know what? It's uh, it's here. Um, it, it's it's upon us, and and it's a it, it's a head-on collision coming. It's the uh, the tactics of the uh, of the left you know and and look let's face it even democrat and i know kathy hochul just won but she's really not she wouldn't be the one responsible for all of that it, it really a, a lot came from de blasio a lot comes from alvin mm -hmm. bragg right who's the da in manhattan a lot comes from from him so a lot of people turned around and said you know what it's not hochul maybe maybe we don't love hochul but you know what? We're not ready for a Republican. We're not ready for a right wing uh, uh, New York or, or whatever. And, uh, and they came out and 5% more of the people roughly, right, voted for Kathy Hochul than, than Lee Zeldin. Um, in, the, in the mayor's race, it was Curtis, our, our old friend Curtis Sliwa, against, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, against Eric Adams. Eric Adams mm -hmm. wasn't considered the most left and especially compared to some of the people he ran against, he was uh, he was not left at uh, at all compared to them. And and he had also he had a um, um, uh, you know he had the support of the police unions, which made him look whiter than uh, right. than mm -hmm. certainly than De Blasio. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't start out that way. I mean, he he must have a great stylist or image consultant um, because he thinks that he, with his image, he's going to usher in a, a brand new era of New York City. The, the only problem is. It's not that simple. It's this. It's, it's rotten to the core, and you just can't over, you know, overhaul the whole, you know, everything, and 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 and, and get rid of the, you know the the remnants of, of De Blasio that's that easily. I mean, there are a lot of uh, things that go into that, and, and you know, New York City uh, is is one of the well, it, it is one of the biggest cities in, in the country. I mean, it is the center of a lot, and uh, you, you know, to to um, Fix all those, you know. Fix all those deliberate, I don't know, mistakes or, or actions, is is not that simple. And you know, he's trying to appeal to people. He's, I guess, he wants to be the, the mayor with the swag and whatever, and the swagger. And he talks about, you know, he's he's a 24/7 mayor, but you know, it it, it goes beyond that. It's you know, image it, it is nice, but it doesn't last. Just as um. A, a brand new suit looks nice the first day, but then people see it all the time, and it gets less and less interesting. Yeah, Frank McKay here. More, more importantly, our host each and every week is Melissa Itell Jern. Uh, you're listening to the Melissa Itell Jern show. Frank McKay here with Melissa. You know, I, uh, I, you know, I, I keep tying back to uh, uh, being fluid, and uh, and everything's fluid at this point in his career, Mayor Adams has an opportunity to to do great things. Let's face it, he's not, you know, he's he's not too far down the, the course uh, that, that he can't. People are skeptical because of, of the crime and because of the left, and will he be able to stand up to the left? It was the same question with, with Biden. I think when Biden first came in, President Biden came in, the question was, okay, he's a moderate, you know, he's kind of whatever, but the left is going to push and push and push. Will he give? You know, will he will he break to them and do whatever they wanted? And you know what, Melissa? It turned out not to be the problem. The bigger problem with, with President Biden is competence, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's competence. And I know we're kind of jumping from topic to topic, but, it, you know, here we are talking about, uh, Eric Adams in in the first as the first year anniversary of his election um, comes and goes. Uh, he has a he has a future that's yet to be written. I think President Biden has written his his future. I don't know that there's any going back and saving things. I don't know that that there's that much that President Biden can do to save what. Is, is going to be his incompetence legacy, really. And, and you know, I hate to take a shot at former President Carter, but President Carter is a, probably a much better uh, former president than he was president. He was a terrible president, let's face it. Uh, if, uh, you know, you were too young, but the gas lines and, uh, and all of that were just unbelievable. Um, the, well, you know, we, we yeah. see the parallels. We're constantly reminded. And, and, we, and don't forget that Biden was a... Uh, and Biden and Carter knew each other. Carter was a big supporter of, of uh, or actually the other way around. Biden was a big supporter during his in his Senate days of of the Carter administration. So they go way back, and 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 the the parallels are amazing. And I think I once told you that that Jimmy Carter doesn't have to worry anymore. He is not the worst president. <laughs> <laughs> Biden said, "Don't worry, Mr. President. I'll take care of that for you." 
I, I'm I'm going to solve the worst president issue for you. <laughs> you owe me one, Jimmy. You owe me one. <laughs> well, I I mean I, I I'm right though, right? There's no way. And and again, we're jumping, you know, back and forth. But I I think it's kind of those days where between election and and kind of in the midst of the holidays here, and I, at that point, there's a lot of scattered thoughts. Uh, going on and on, but there's no way that President Biden's running for re-election. Am I right? I mean, there's just no well, possible way they can do it. I'm sure, even though they tell us that he was going to discuss this all weekend, this weekend, or, or maybe he started yesterday during the when they were carving the turkey about his prospects, whether he should, you know, whether Jill should give him permission, you know, to 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 do it in another another time. I don't know. So we're we're, we're waiting to hear. We're going to get an answer. Maybe we'll get an answer this, you know, in in, in the coming weeks. Maybe. Um, after the new year, but they are discussing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why, it, it will be news. It'll be the first time since Johnson, right? It'll be the first time since Lyndon Johnson that a sitting president uh, voluntarily leaves office. Mm-hmm. Right? I think so. That's right. And, you know, they still have uh, this that Johnson speech. I mean, they, they you know, PBS plays it. Uh, when they do a retrospective, or even CNN when they do the 60s or the 70s, or well, they always play these. You know, they 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 play a lot of political, um, a, a lot of political. Um, you know, whether it's you know Nixon or 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 again Johnson, they always play that that speech where Johnson, uh, you know, uh, says um, makes that made that speech uh, to the country, and and uh, he says I will not accept nor I will not seek nor accept. The nomination of my party to be your president for a second term, um, and and they they're probably going to play that again when, when you know when Biden makes that if he should go in that direction and say following the footsteps of President Lyndon Johnson back in 1968, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy um, Jimmy Carter, um, Joe Biden said today, um, I don't I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be that eloquent, but he'll say, "I just can't do this again." Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the memories. <laughs> I, I I think you're right. I should qualify too, because uh, of course Richard Nixon voluntarily left uh, left office, but uh, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't he didn't leave before the election. He left in the middle, and it was because of the Watergate scandal. He got caught, and and all of that. Uh, much different situation. In fact, we had two presidents mm-hmm. in a row who didn't. Uh, who didn't do what the normal, what what the norm was, in uh, in the presidency, right? They uh, they didn't face um, the uh, well in in Nixon's case he was he was termed anyway, right? Uh, Richard Nixon was termed, so he just mm-hmm. the issue was that he didn't finish his second term. Uh, he didn't finish, right? And 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 he took the suggestion. Well, when, when, Barry, you know, when Barry Goldwater and Howard Baker came to pay him a visit, it wasn't a social call. It was to tell him, "Look, we we can't do anything for you. It's you know, it's now or never." You know, and he saw the writing on the wall, and he 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 didn't waste much time, and he 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 got out of there. He resigned. He made his speech. He had the hell you know the helicopter waiting, Marine One waiting on you know in the uh, on the lawn of the of the White House, and and he took off for California. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, of course, uh, uh, Gerald Ford, uh, you know, uh, highly unusual, too. Right. He 
uh, he finishes off the term as as vice president, and um, uh, well, he, he, as vice president, he's elevated to president, and he pardons mm-hmm. Nixon, which is probably part of the deal. I'm, uh, you know, I'll, I'll resign, but he, I got to be pardoned, and he pardons, and that that finished him off for re-election, and uh, and you know, of course, he yeah. lost to Carter, and he he didn't want yeah. to. He, he liked being president. You could see of his course. face. You could see his but face I when think- he gave. The, the concession speech, right, right. But I think what his, what drove his his decision not to pursue that against Nixon was uh, that he felt, probably felt that it would spare the nation, you know, the trauma of the of the past, uh, any more trauma like the past uh, several years had with Watergate, and he thought it would be better in that case for God to decide Richard Nixon's fate. And of course, that didn't sit very well with everyone that wasn't good enough that wasn't enough of, of a of a of, of an ending they people wanted to bring richard nixon to justice and i think gerald ford that might be the best way to do it and of course yes he he had he the door was he opened the door for this you know for the the, the eventuality of, of being of being soundly defeated and i think i know it also was people were sick and tired of of uh, you know the 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 in-house people, they didn't want they 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 got rid of Nixon. They wanted to get rid of anyone associated with Nixon, and Jimmy Carter at that time uh, represented a new beginning, uh, uh, the, the people's choice. And and um, after after they found out what he was all about, they 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 turned to Reagan. You know, my uh, my father, who was pretty pretty much looking back on it, a staunch Republican. He, um, I don't think he ever voted for a Democrat in his life other than Jimmy Carter, mm-hmm. and that was the one chance he gave it, and uh, and of course he didn't think that worked out uh, well. My my father, who passed in two thousand and five, was um, yeah. I mean he didn't like the Kennedys, um, and I'm trying to think if he was born in nineteen thirty six. I'm trying to think if he would have. If it had an opportunity to vote, not FDR, right? FDR uh, was only till forty-five, so he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been able to vote for him or Truman, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think. Nineteen fifty, yeah. um, it was we're already into uh, Eisenhower, in uh, into that, right? There was the forty-eight election for um, uh, Truman won that. Yeah, and and by the way. Uh, yeah, he would have voted for Truman. Let me see. And that was the last time Truman ran, right? So my father, in retrospect, I never asked him, but the only time he voted for a Democrat was Jimmy Carter. I know he voted for Jimmy Carter, and it was because of the pardon. He was upset about the uh, about the pardon, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I think he liked he liked Nixon before Watergate, but felt, you know, sold out. I guess with Watergate, you know, it's, uh, you know, very interesting. Um, we're coming into a, you know, in, into a time period here, where uh, we're gonna, you know, we're we're really. I, I'm telling you, it, it, if you want to predict the future, you can, but it is what a difficult thing to to predict. I, I now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking how strange it will be to hear Biden say, "I'm I'm choosing not to run for re-election." That's a heavy statement. That's a really heavy statement. Currently, he's saying he is right. Is that what's mm-hmm. is that what's going on? Well, he said, and, and he did, did said this during a, I don't know if it was a sixty minutes interview or another interview with with uh, with CNN with with Jay Tapper with one of those one of those venues. 
he said uh, most likely, but he he didn't want to, uh, you know, he he didn't want to make it a you know a firm, you know, firm declaration as as it, at that time. I mean, he's and he said on the side, you know, and asked that uh, yeah, he thinks he will, but he's he's gonna he wants. I think he wants everybody to know. I didn't want to say anything before the midterms. Like, no, I'm not running. Of course not, because you don't want to appear weak. Right. You know, the midterms are very crucial, and, they, and the Democrats did squeak by, you know, in the Senate anyway, and in, and in many statewide offices. So he doesn't want to appear weak. He's trying to keep a balance. You know, he's trying to walk the line. You know, and, and I think he's he's gonna he might you know extenuate extenuate this he might uh, prolong this and we might not know right away because he wants again he doesn't want to appear like a lame duck you know the election is is two years off uh i know we we're, we're already hearing you know a lot of um, a lot of uh, tensions in the republican party DeSantis, trump and then you have you hear now about you know other republicans who are going to who are on the verge of throwing their hats in the ring this moment because there was a big conference in las vegas the national republican jewish conference or uh, and, and uh, I didn't even know they had that. I guess they, they. I don't know if it's something new or if it's something they they regularly do every you know every year before uh, Thanksgiving. It was in, held in Las Vegas, and everybody you could imagine, every big Republican player from you know, Mike Pompeo to Nikki Haley uh, to Ted Cruz was there, saying, "I'm going to run. I could do this. I never lost an election. I, I never." I never, you know, I never ran from an election I didn't like. I, you know, I'm in, uh, and they're all, it sounds like 2016 again, where we had 55 Republican candidates. I remember at the, at the, at the Reagan Center, uh, right in front of the Air Force One plane that Reagan used to fly, and you had, they, they took up the entire space of the, of the airfield, of the air, of the hangar. And I think you're going to have that again. They're all saying, I can do it. You know, I, I've never lost a race. I can do it. You know, I'm, you know, count me in. So uh, it's it's so you know Joe, Joe Biden has to uh, tread a fine line, and I I don't know uh, I, unless the the powers that be in the Democratic Party uh, and I consider them to be uh, consider the powers rest to rest in the hands of Barack Obama and other people uh, tell him otherwise tell him look uh, it, it's you're gonna this is it you're gonna you're gonna tell everybody you're gonna tell the American public that for health reasons. Uh, or for the concern of your family, or with your family, we've decided not to go another term. Uh, I think you're going to hear hear something. He might do it because, in in one way, it prevents a costly and um, uh, in a, 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 a very uh, emotionally and um, politically um, strife-ridden primary. Because uh, then he bows out. Who comes up right away? Who do they put up? Probably Kamala. They're going to try to, you know, re- rehabilitate her her image, and then it'll be followed by a ton of other Democrats. So, uh, and 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 who knows? Um, you know, it, it, it might turn. It might be a very uh, it, it just a, a, a nightmare. <laughs> you know, you've got the Republicans battling it out with 55 candidates apiece, and then the Democrats. Or he might say, "Yes, I'm. I'm with the support of my family. I am going to run for another term as your president." And we'll see what happens. But the thing is, he's also worried about who's going to be on the other side. Is it going to be a Trump-Biden rematch? If if that's the case, I think you know, he's thinking, Biden is thinking, I took him on in 2020. I beat him. I'm going to do it again. 
if it's DeSantis, if it ends up being DeSantis, and we don't know, we we can't tell what's going to be in, in two years, and in, in, in next year, this, you know, 2023, I mean, it's only starting, it's going to just get off its feet. We don't know yet. You know, Iowa is not yet. Uh, you know, it's a long ways off in politics. Uh, it's it's really a it's a tough call, but I think we'll hear something. We'll, we we should hear something, but he might prolong it. You know, as you say all of this, I think to myself that that President Trump could beat President Biden. You know, what I mean, like I, I I don't know that it gets to that point. I don't know that the Republicans let it become Trump versus Biden, but. I think by Biden running, Trump is empowered, right? And he stays in there thinking, I could beat him because I could say, are you better off? You know, the the Ronald Reagan line uh, to Jimmy Carter, are you better off four years ago now than you are four years ago? And uh, quite frankly, it's a different dynamic because Ronald Reagan wasn't the president before Jimmy Carter was, um, but he could point that out. And uh, and everybody would obviously say, no, I, I'm not. Um, I think I think if you said to um, if you said to the American public, are you better under President Biden than under President Trump? And you ask that question. I think a lot of people are going to say, no, I'm not better under Biden. I'm better under Trump. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to say that. And it's going to be because of things like gas prices and it's going to be uh, uh, other things. And people may even turn around and say, well, it was the pandemic that that killed Trump. When the pandemic came, it uh, it's not here. But he's the one who got the vaccine going. He uh, you know, you're going to start explaining away where where the Trump administration looked pretty good. January 6th, I think, is a killer for him. Because I think, uh, you know, even right-wing folks, I think right-wing folks um, are, are non-forgiving of, of treason. And, and basically what happened on January 6th, I mean, let's say, it, uh, you know, uh, they, were, uh, they were ready to kill Pelosi, Pence, and anybody they can get their hands on, some of those people that were going in. That was a treasonous act, you know, like what happened on January 6th. Will Trump ever get by that? And uh, your your thoughts on that? First of all, your thoughts, uh, Melissa. I tell dot com. Uh, your thoughts, Melissa, on um, on Trump and the public thinking that Trump could uh, could do uh, better than Biden. And uh, and then secondly, uh, will January sixth be the uh, be be the big tipping point for for people to say no to Trump? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Trump is still a very incendiary figure. Uh, he inspires a range of emotions, you know, hate and, and like. <laughs> and uh, despite the fact that you know, he's still got some base, you know, namely a lot of people who feel the, the election was stolen from him and also from some of his, his anointed candidates during the midterms and many, many statewide offices especially, uh, he, he also draws the the contempt, the uh, the ire of of of, 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 of others, 
and and, uh, and and within the party, there is there's talk of uh, let's replace him with DeSantis. He, DeSantis should be the one. But you know, we we don't we, we, we this is all speculative because we don't know what's going to be. There might be a very uh, a, a, a prolonged. Uh, entrenched a primary fight. It seems that way. I don't think you know, Trump. Trump may not, you know, ride this one out and, and emerge as the winner uh, the way he did as easily as he did in 2016. I, I don't think it's the same path. You know, he comes with a lot of baggage. He might be indicted. You know, every time we look, there's another. You know, the, the Justice Department is doing this. I was the other day. Um, actually, the couple of days before Thanksgiving, uh, uh, Merrick Garland, the the uh, the uh, United States um, uh, Attorney General, yep. uh, um, announced that um, the special in- the the uh, appearance of a special investigator, um, a man named um, uh, is it Jack Johnson. Not sure if I have his name correct. Yeah, but still, uh, a special yeah. prosecutor. Special prosecutors, my yes, that's right. Thank you. And uh, there's always the chance that that Trump can be indicted. I mean, he's carrying a lot of baggage. So if that happens, that could derail his campaign, or it could embolden him. Uh, it's, it's very possible it could embolden him. He could say, "See, there's nothing there to it, and they're after me. It's another witch hunt," and that could really drum up support for him. But I don't know. The Republican Party, I think, would better wake up and ask themselves, you know, can we afford another loss like the one we had in 2020? Do we need to go through that? Not only the loss, uh, but the, the the survivability of our party and, and, and plus all the other things. Uh, election deniability. I mean, this is still going on now. From It's, it's a holdover from 2020. Yeah. Uh, it just uh, amazing. Frank McKay here urging everyone to watch the documentaries on Melissa, two documentaries on uh, Melissa Vision or on MelissaItellJoran.com. Frank McKay here. And uh, Melissa, um, look, you know, I guess uh, all we can say at this point is we'll wait and see. Uh, but we, uh, we're we we're in the holiday season, and, and I'm sure you join and, and with me and wishing everyone a – we hope they had a safe uh, Thanksgiving Day and, and certainly a, uh, a holiday weekend. This is always a big holiday weekend. Kids are back. Black Friday, a safe Black Friday. And and here we go to the high holy days, um, uh, you know, uh, starting with Hanukkah and then uh, and, and then Christmas on uh, on the other end. Uh, we're about to see it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you're jo- joining me and thanking everyone um, for tuning in. And oh, yes, definitely. Yes. And we hope that everybody has a safe holiday season. Enjoy Black Friday. And, uh, you know, also be careful about COVID. Uh, more and more people are coming down with it. And uh, it, it can be brutal. Um, if you haven't gotten a booster shot or you haven't been vaccinated yet, perhaps you should you should look into doing that. You should think about it. Uh, it's uh, it, 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 I, I know of some people who have really gotten uh, they've, they've really gotten hit by it. Uh, it, it it's really hurt. It, it, it's brought them down. They've got a very bad uh, case of it. And it's uh, we forget because we see all the people gathered at the at the Thanksgiving parade, Macy's Thanksgiving parade on, uh, on television. We saw how many the crowds and no one. Of course, no one was thinking about masks. I mean, two years ago, they canceled the Thanksgiving parade. 
and now people are flying, they're they're traveling. It's all back to pre-pandemic rates, but still, the, the Omicron variant and whatever other variant is is out there is uh, is 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 not dead and 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 gone and you know dead in the water anymore. It's not. It's it's still very much there, especially when you're in big crowds. So uh, wear a mask and take care, take very good care of yourself. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Melissa, thank you. Enjoy the weekend. You too, Frank. Be you safe. too, Frank. You and, too. And to everyone out there, thank you very much for listening. We know you have a lot of options. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on the Melissa Itell Jern Show. You've been listening to Melissa Itell-Duran and co-host Frank McKay on Breaking It Down Radio.